Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. Episode 12. The 49ers fall to 2-2 two and two and lose at home for the second straight game to the Seattle Seahawks, 28-21. to 21. A lot came out of this game. Injuries we will be covering. And a QB change? Are we officially in a QB competition? Who knows? Kyle Shanahan doesn't seem to think so. But uh, as always, I'm Javier. That is Leo. Leo, what is going on, buddy? You know, just here in San Diego having thunder and lightning storms. But while that's going on, I'm still doing better than the Washington football team because I don't have the FBI coming knocking on my door. You're doing much better than them. And you're a Giants fan. The uh, San Francisco Giants did win the NL West. 107 wins? 106 wins? 107. And I'll actually be there in attendance for game two of the NLDS this coming Saturday. Look at you, the wealthy, rich, richy, rich. Uh, the wife let that happen, huh? Or she's going with you? Yep, she's coming with. The, all right, on. the wife, the daughter, and the the unborn son will all be there. It's going to be a family event. Hopefully, the Giants do win and win. Listen, I'm a Yankee fan. Yankees made the playoffs, kind of, and they have the wild card game tomorrow. We'll see how mad I'll be tomorrow. <laughs> uh, by the time you hear this, it will be Tuesday. But the 49ers did come out of the. Uh, Lost with some injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo leaves the game with a uh, calf contusion. Uh, he is outside looking in on the on potentially playing on Sunday. Who knows? He's Kyle not Shanahan playing. Not he's ever. not playing. Kyle, I don't think he's playing there. How many times have we heard Kyle Shanahan? There's no reason for him to give the opponent the advantage by uh, claiming something too early. He did it in the draft. He's done it, you know, prior to week one. This whole offseason, he was going crazy with the whole not officially naming a quarterback thing, um, even though when he was being asked the specific question. So, if he, yeah, of course he's going it, to – it's classic Kyle Shanahan to say, oh, yeah, there, there's a chance he plays. A classic Kyle Shanahan. Not surprised at all. Classic Shanahan. Um, Trent Williams, day-to-day with the shoulder. George Kittle continues with the calf. Um, other injuries in the, on the team, pretty minor. The Niners did come out. Relatively unscathed, thank goodness. Nothing major this week. Uh, through four weeks, the Niners have had some major injuries, but none this week of note. The Jimmy Garoppolo thing potentially opens the door for Trey Lance to take the job. We'll see. How, we'll see when we get there. Um, four Niners was a frustrating one. The Niners outgained the Seattle Seahawks four hundred fifty-seven to two thirty-four, and still lost. I don't know how to um, feel about this offense. We've said it since the Eagles Eagles win that this team cannot continue to start slow. Through the first, the last two games before the Seattle game, the 49ers had 39 yards and one first down in the first quarter. Right? The 49ers, I guess they hurt us, right, Leo? The first drive, three first downs, 74 yards and a touchdown. And then it it just came to a screeching halt after that. This 49ers offense continues to start slow and struggle. There are reasons behind it, and I can't put my finger on you know, on one person or player, but this has to change if you want to win ball games. You cannot. So far this season, in the first quarter, the 49ers have, I'm pulling it up here, um, they have two touchdowns in the first quarter all season and one interception, and both touchdowns are coming from the, through the air. That's unacceptable for a Kyle Shanahan-led offense to struggle this mightily early on in the season in the first quarter when 
generally you have your first 24 plays schemed up. We're not talking first drive of the game. That's different. We're quarter. talking first quarter. First mm-hmm. quarter. Um, so usually in the first quarter, you could get two, I would say, minimum drives unless an offense just goes on a crazy you know, time of possession thing to where you get one drive in the first quarter. But how many did how many drives did they have in the first quarter of this game? They had one, two, um, and then their third one went over into the second quarter. Uh, how many times do you have an opportunity to start the game with Russell Wilson going three and out five times? Never. Five, open up his first five series against Russell Wilson, three and out. Um, they didn't get – when they got their first dial, that was the longest time of game clock that a team took to reach its first first down of a game. The longest time out of any team – this season this was the Seahawks against the 49ers. You got to take advantage of that. Going into halftime, it was just kind of weird because it felt like the 49ers just dominated the first half considering, you know, those five uh, three and outs, the sacks from D4, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's sack was huge, His first, you know, because he took the eagle. It was basically a minus three play. Took the Seahawks out of field goal range. So, just all that momentum, and you're like, wait, this is a 7-7 game? It, it was just very, very unfortunate, and it's the third start in a row where it's only seven points uh, at the half. And, you know, the first the first week it started, it was the last possession of the half, and then the third week was the first possession of the half. Like, when you think Jimmy Garoppolo's getting in rhythm and this offense doesn't start humming, next thing you know, you're seeing – high passes behind receivers and you're, and it's just it's just not there the the rhythm has just been off out of sync for the past three weeks basically ever since the second half of the Detroit game things have just been off and ugly yeah I absolutely agree ever since that second half of the Detroit game it's been shaky at best yes you snuck out a game against the Philadelphia Eagles when you should have blown them blown them out uh you start off slow versus a bad defense in Green Bay and yes, you had one really good drive in the first quarter against a bad defense in Seattle, but you could not execute. Uh, something that came out of this game was Robbie Gold with a groin injury. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a three to five week inch issue with Robbie. I'm so glad we paid that guy. Yeah, you are. I'm sure. <laughs> that's just that's super frustrating when it comes to that situation. Now you have now you're looking for a kicker. We brought it up earlier on in the season. Robbie Gold. I think it was the number was 78 percent of his field goal kicks he's made over the last three years. That's not worthy of a $19 million contract or restructuring the contract or extending that player, especially as as open as Robbie has been about not be, wanting to be here. So it's just, those are that's the frustrating part. At one point, the Seahawks had negative eight yards in the first quarter. The defense was alive and well. Everyone was flying to the ball, doing their jobs. D4 with a sack, Nick Bosa with a sack, um, Javon Kinlaw with a sack. You know, so you had three sacks early on, and then the second half of the game, they did not get enough pressure. Um, and it, it just, it's astonishing at how inconsistent this team is on both sides of the ball, and neither team can play a full, a full game of football. It's one half here, a quarter there. Oh, look, we got a really good drive on this play or on this sequence here. Then the defense gives up a stupid play. It's, there's a lot of undisciplined. Uh, play going on from false starts offsides again with D Ford 
the defensive pass interference. I think the Niners lead the league in defensive pass interference at this point. Currently constructed and how they're playing. This is not a Super Bowl team. This is a borderline playoff team. We've gone every week. We we're kind of chipping away at this team and where they, how far they can go. I don't get excited watching this team and thinking, hey, they're going to be division champs. They're going to win a wild card game. They're going to make it to the second round of the playoffs. As currently constructed, they might be the seventh or eighth best team in the league, in the NFC right now. And that might not be good enough to to get you far into into the playoffs. It's just it's very, very frustrating, especially looking up at Kyler and Stafford and now Russell. And then of course you got you know, you got Dallas over there lighting it up. Um Tampa's gonna be good all the way through. The Saints, we'll see where they are. Obviously the Packers are gonna be who they are. It it's it is very, very tough to envision this team making a long run. <sighs> Yeah, and I and I think it starts with the offense um, because with the 49ers defense, they have they have shown to at least hold up in quarters and in spans. This is nowhere near the 2019 49ers defense, and I think that's where everyone gets lost to where that 2019 team was just it was special. Uh, it if you play Pittsburgh that 2019 Pittsburgh game in in 2021, that's probably a loss at home another another loss at home which is very disappointing but remember it was James Conner who fumbled and gave the ball back to the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo hit Dante Pettis on a game-winning touchdown or would be a game-winning touchdown that probably doesn't happen the craziness the magnitude of that probably does not happen in 2021 um I, I guess we're we're looking at it as a pessimistic view kind of what what can go wrong has gone wrong since the second half of the Super Bowl uh, or that fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, whatever can go wrong has gone wrong, and I, I'm I honestly like I feel a little better. It's weird to say this in this Cardinals matchup than I did against the Seattle Seahawks matchup, to where Russell Wilson's never lost three games in a row. They're going to be hungry because then they're going to be one and three, and that's going to be the end of Russell Wilson's era in Seattle if they don't make the playoffs. Like that noise in that locker room is just going to get louder and their season was probably just going to go downhill from there. And and with the Cardinals, I think they're rolling on a high, beating the Los Angeles Rams. They're rolling on a high right now, the way that they beat them. And sometimes you could catch teams in, in a trap game. We we saw that the Falcons beat the 2019 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers had a, a bunch of players missing, like Richard Sherman, Kwan Williams, um, D. Ford. A bunch of guys were out that game. Kwaski Tart. Uh, but I think this is potentially, and I'm saying it's a trap game, even though this 49ers roster is stacked, but it's a trap game in this way because the 49ers are the underdogs. The 49ers are almost at a touchdown underdogs. Uh, the line is at five and a half points. So if the line's at five and a half points, I'm going to call this a trap game. And I feel more confident about this one, mainly so because we're getting probably a game plan for Trey Lance rather than just saying here go 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 get experience in the second half no he's going to actually get something designed for him and and I think that's going to bode well and and we may actually see more than seven points in a half here we actually more and it makes me excited to get Trey Lance because I want to see the rookies develop like for whatever like Diamador Lenore after week two he kind of you know hit a rookie wall that's understanding. He was a, a 
day three pick, not a first round pick. Yet Dante Johnson is is your starting nickel corner, not not your rookie that you're trying to develop. That's probably going to be a starter next year. I don't know if they keep Jason Brett. I don't know if Jason Brett comes back. You have Diamador Lenore. I don't know if Kwan Williams is coming back next year. You have Diamador Lenore, so he's probably a starter next year. Get him the experience over a 30-year-old corner that you cut about 10 times during the season, but he still ends up on your roster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Lenore thing is kind of weird. Um, you brought it up with Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. We might as well just get to it because this is what everyone's here for anyways, right? This discussion. We have been on record since before we started this podcast together. Leo, we've been on every other pod and every other live stream this is a this is something that was probably mismanaged all the way through, in my opinion. You created this uneasiness around the team by continually, publicly looking at every quarterback available, from Stafford to Watson to Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, Tom Brady going back until the 2019 offseason, uh, going into 2020. And then the Seth Wickersham story comes out about the Niners don't believe he has this high, higher work ethic like Tom Brady, et cetera. So you just create they they've created a lot of stuff by not committing fully to Jimmy Garoppolo, and then of course trading up to three to take a rookie quarterback. What stunk about this entire situation is you know Jimmy Garoppolo's not your future, right? And you want to win with Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but not preparing the rookie the way you should have is an issue as well. Like they should have given Trey an opportunity to compete for the number one job by allowing him to get more first team reps. And they didn't do that. What we saw on Sunday was what you expected. The last live extended play that Trey Lance received was October 5th of 2020. The Niners played on October 3rd. That's 363 days of no extended live play for Trey Lance. I've always been of the mindset that you do not learn by sitting you learn by doing. Um, and Trey Lance is only going to get better by playing football because we saw it on Sunday. He started off rough. He started off slow, but finished strong, right? He was 9 of 18, 157 yards, and two touchdowns. He finished strong. Now, granted, 76 of that 157 came on a Debo pass, but regardless, it still counts. And you were able to manufacture more scoring drives in the second half with the rookie and then you did with Jimmy Garoppolo in the first half. This is a weird spot for the Niners. They're, they're a team in transition and they need to figure this out because it's, it's only going to get more awkward going forward if you decide to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm going to put something on here. Steve Young was on the Monday Night Countdown tonight talking to Schefter and other players. And I, I agree with Steve Young. I'm going to continue to agree with Steve Young because... It's Steve Young. So let's get to Steve Young. Why wouldn't you commit to what is going to be the future? Because now? of his job. It's really simple. Fired at it. Because they, they don't, don't want to break they, they him. They don't want to break him. They don't want to break him before he's ready. Like he goes out there. Did he look like a ready guy yesterday? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah he, he did, did yesterday. Yeah. Well, look, that's you build off of that. Trust me. I've been under yeah. siege before. You build off it and you can start to get yourself above water and start to breathe. The only way you can do that is play. You put him back on the bench and sit. You can't stay up to speed. Steve is right. You can't get up to speed by sitting on the bench. And he was referring to Justin Fields. The conversation was around Justin Fields. Listen, the 49ers and the Bears 
they're in a similar situation, except the Bears don't have any emotional attachment to Andy Dalton. The Bears fan base could care less. 49ers fan base has an attachment to Jimmy Garoppolo when the 49ers front office does not. And the reality is neither team is replacing some elite-level quarterback, right? Dante Whitner was very, very vocal again post-game about what should happen at the quarterback position. So let's get to Dante because he had some really good thoughts on this as well. Lance will make him dance. Yeah. I thought Lance played really, really well. I was very surprised at how he was able to come in. Yes, there was some issues in the pocket. As an offensive lineman, I was counting back there. I was like, oh, man, four seconds. Get rid of the ball. But what How many able, Mississippis? What, able, what he's able to do with the ball in his hands and getting out of stuff and then creating plays, much like how Russell Wilson does. Once you get all of that going and the wide receivers are on the same page, there are those big plays downfield. I came into this game not saying that he's going to be ready, but after today, I might be swayed a little bit. There is some stuff, obviously, to work with, and there's some things to work on, but he was really exciting today. Well, coming into this game, we wanted to see Trey Lance, correct? We had a chance. Trey Lance, how many plays or first-team reps do you think he had throughout the week so that he can come up with the time and with Debo Samuel, Ayuk, and a bunch of these guys? And he stepped out there today with only a handful of first-team reps, and he was able to take you down and score two touchdowns and a 76-yard touchdown. And I'm okay with a little control chaos. When he's starting to move around in that pocket, did you see how much pressure he put on Seattle's defense? Did you see Jamal Adams look blatantly in the backfield and give up the 76-yard touchdown? All because of the play fake and Trey Lance starting to maneuver in the pocket. So moving forward, giving him first-team reps throughout the week, I'm thinking that you go with Trey Lance. Again, Dante, we agree with you. You have to give the kid first-team reps. This is what you invest the future in. This is what you need to do. Um, as constructed right now, this team is not meant, not meant or headed to a Super Bowl. So this this entire year is really focused on the development of your rookie quarterback. Can you win games with him? Yeah, because you almost won on Sunday, right? Had you started a little bit faster and your special teams doesn't blow 11 points, 16 points we want to get really into it, you might have had a better shot. Trent Cannon is primarily responsible for probably probably 14 total points. And then Robbie Gold not being out there. You got Wisnowski kicking the field goals. There's three points. So there's Lance Lance settled in. Did it look great to start? No. But he looked exactly like a player who hasn't played in 363 days. He looked better than a guy like Justin Fields who played more recently at a high level in, in the college football playoffs and the college national championship. Um, now one has Matt Nagy, the other has Kyle Shanahan, but the fact that Trey Lance has Kyle Shanahan, that's what makes me feel comfortable to make this move. Trey Lance, like Matt Nagy is not the coach here for the 49ers. It's Kyle Shanahan, one of the most highest paid uh, head coaches in the NFL. Um, and so now you're giving him a full week to put a game plan in for Trey Lance. And for, for some people, I think it was the first drive. They were like, oh, my God, like a third and four. And Kyle Shanahan's drawing up a run play for, for Trey Lance. And, and he's not letting Trey Lance throw the ball. No, 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 no. That was a great play call. Trey Lance probably runs the ball for more than 10 yards, maybe 15, maybe 20. The thing is. Daniel Brunskill 
couldn't get a block on a DB. Completely whiffed yep. on a block on a DB. As a play caller, you expect your guard to a talent level of Daniel Brunskill. You expect Daniel Brunskill to make that block. The fact that he didn't ruin that play. It had nothing to do with with Kyle Shanahan calling a run play for Trey Lance on a third and four. No, that was a great play call. Just poor execution by your right guard. So it's when you look at those finer details, not everything's Kyle Shanahan, not everything's Jimmy Garoppolo, not everything's the offensive line, but they all go in together hand in hand. And when that doesn't go in together and execute at a high level, yeah, you're going to have situations that we're in right now, a two and two record, a poor start against the Packers, a, a poor start against the Seattle Seahawks. But Trey Lance can be special. He's in a hit of rookie wall just like Diamador Lenore. But when you're giving him Kyle Shanahan to say, hey, go out there and make these plays, I like that combo. I like the chances there. Because what have we seen from Jimmy Garoppolo since since after the Super Bowl? Like I, I said this two weeks ago, and people weren't happy about it. If Jimmy Garoppolo is being the placeholder over your number three overall pick that you invested three first-round picks in. He needs to play at a high level. Now, Alex Smith, Kansas City Chiefs level, he needs to play at that level. But he's not. And and it's very unfortunate that it's going to be a injury on why he's probably not making another start for the 49ers. But this is why Kyle Shanahan made the move. It's just being out there on the field is completely unreliable. You're done with the CJ Beathards. You're done with the Nick Mullins trying to save your season. The thing is, now instead of having one of those guys come in, you have Trey Lance. Yep. Who's not only supposed to save the season, but also save this franchise from going through this miracle uh, this merry-go-round of quarterbacks, these, uh, you know, was it musical chairs yeah. of quarterbacks that they've been going through for some time now. It's We thought Alex Smith was a guy. Yeah, he was a placeholder for a while, but he was never a franchise guy. That's kind of why Alex Smith, or excuse me, Colin Kaepernick took his position. Yep. So we thought Colin Kaepernick was a guy. Turned out he wasn't the guy. Thought Jimmy Garoppolo was a guy. Turns out he he wasn't the guy. So hopefully, you know, with this marriage between Shanahan and, and Trey Lance. Now, I'm not trying to say, like, Kyle Shanahan is above criticism. No, th- like, he he deserves some criticism. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm talking about from a play caller's perspective, not a head coach perspective, from a play caller's perspective, this is literally the perfect opportunity to start a quarterback of Trey Lance's level. When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, Whitner had another comment that I thought was Pretty telling. I think player, former players are, have been pretty vocal about what is going on in San Francisco at the quarterback position. Winner has winner's been kind of leaning heavy on the land stuff. But I think this, this was the most telling thing on Sunday. Let's get to Winner. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, he played really well in that first series, but there were multiple balls out there in the first half that he put the ball in the, in the defender's hands and they just dropped it. So he's not playing too much better than a rookie right now with the way that he's throwing the football. What can you lose by having Trey Lance on the field, running around, improvising, making big plays for this offense? There's nothing that you can lose at this moment. This is not the same defense from 2019. You're going to have to outscore people. Almost like we said that a couple weeks ago, you're going to have to outscore people. You're going to have to start fast. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. You've invested all these picks. Let's go. Rip the bandit off and let's go. Because as Trey played, he looked better. He's only going to get better with reps. And Jimmy Garoppolo does not scare a defense around the league. There's nothing intimidating about Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. Do I appreciate everything Jimmy Garoppolo did here while he was here? Absolutely, because he was a big part of why this team turned it around. But if you're not getting better, you're getting worse in this league. And in my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo has remained the same as a quarterback since 2017. Not much has changed. Physically, he's been the same player. Mentally, we thought he would turn, he he turned the corner based on some of his comments after the week one win over Detroit. Turns out Detroit sucks, right? Maybe he, he just looked really slow to him because Detroit's really bad. But then you struggled against Philly. You struggled against the Packers. You struggled against the Seahawks and... You throw an interception that we're all we're all used to seeing right over the middle. Right? Because Quandary Diggs knows where you're going with the ball once you come off that first read. There's nothing Jimmy Garoppolo can do that Trey Lance can't. Like let's just keep it a buck. And this is where we are right now. The biggest thing to me, uh, as well as what he said, is what do you got to lose? You play two non playoff contenders, those are your two wins. You play two playoff contenders. Those are your two losses. You're playing 500 football with Jimmy Garoppolo starts this year. Last season, it was 500 football as well. So you're telling me his last, uh, what would that be? Eight, no, nine starts. Wow, my math is off. Ten starts. Six last year, four this year. He's playing, he's five and five. Yeah. 500 football, his last five starts. Um, so what do you, what do you got to lose? At this point, five to be below five hundred. If you're five hundred, anyways, what's what's the point of being just five hundred? You either want to get into the playoffs. To get into the playoffs, you got to be over five hundred, or you're out of it. But to me, there is no Jason Garrett eight and eight year. Technically, that's impossible to go eight and eight this year. I, I guess the closest you could go to five hundred, it may be five hundred eight eight and one, um, but. You have nothing to lose, considering you're two and two already in those Jimmy Garoppolo starts. Everyone in this division is a playoff contender, and you have five more games left in this division. You need to be more competitive against those teams. In order to be more competitive, you've got to outscore them. The Rams were what considered the favorite in this division. How do they lose? The Cardinals outscored them put up darn near 40 points on one of the NFL's best defenses. So this isn't the same Rams team that the 49ers are 4-0 against the past two years. They have Matthew Stafford now, not Jared Goff, who's winless in Detroit. So <laughs> QB wins, baby. QB wins. QB wins. And um, you got to outscore other other offenses now moving forward. And I think Trey Lance gives you that best opportunity because not only 
can he throw threaten the defense downfield more? Uh, it's not even the fact that he can make those throws. It's the fact that he'll take the opportunity to make those throws. So now that you have more downfield action, you're going to call for more downfield routes. Uh, so more downfield routes is going to open up the intermediate games and open up the middle more. Uh, his running ability is going to help out the run game even more. What do you have to lose? Yeah, the Niners don't have much to lose right now. They're 2-2, two and two, playing 500 ball. They look shaky. They look out of sorts. Um, you need a spark. Our colleague Akash had some really good numbers here. Numbers comparing Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo's performances from Sunday. Lance was pressured on 10 of 24 dropbacks. Garoppolo was pressured on 5 of 24 dropbacks. So there goes that narrative on, well, the, the Seahawks played prevent defense. That was a lie. If they're getting, if he's pressured 10 times. Lance with Does five scrambles. Did really say that? Yes, I've Was seen that it. really a narrative? Yeah, I've seen it. Lance with five scrambles, Garoppolo with zero. Garoppolo had nine first downs. Trey Lance had eight. Lance's QB rating was 117. Jimmy Garoppolo was 79.1. You play the better quarterback. And the, you play the more talented guy. And I've been, I've been harping on this for a while. And this was before they made the trade to three. This was in 2020 when I, when I really thought that the Niners were going to go ahead and get a quarterback in the draft. And, you know, it, whether that be a 12 or wherever they finished out last year, I, I really thought they would make an attempt to get somebody. If Kyle Shanahan got production from Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, why can't he get it from Lance? And we saw the rawness in Lance, but we saw some of the, uh, the highs with Lance as well. Um, you know, outside, he made that really nice throw to Kittle. It, it was dropped. Adams made a better play on the ball, but the fact that he came off his second read, got to, I'm sorry, came off his first read, got to his second read rather quickly. He's a little bit, he's a tad late on it, but he got the ball where he needed to be near a touchdown. Um, you know, seeing the field with the Debo touchdown, although Debo is wide open, the point remains that the play action ability sucks up the linebackers, freezes free safeties. Oh, and by the way, Trey Sermon looked better in the second half. I wonder why. Because the running ability opened up. And this is something I think you and I talked about with Sermon. He's a better inside runner. And what do you know? The Niners ran the ball inside the tackles. That's kind of where he's going to thrive. And Elijah Mitchell is going to be your stretch guy. That's what this is. The offense, that second half offense looked like what we should be expecting going forward. Now, granted, the three and outs are not helpful, but for a guy who hasn't played in 363 days, I don't, I'm not going to put too much on him, but I thought he played fairly well down the stretch. I thought the offense looked better. There's going to be a lot of growing pains, but that's what you want. Either you get the growing pains now or you get them next year. Either way, you're going to deal with them, right? You're better off putting the kid in now, trial by fire, let him learn, let him develop. Can you make the playoffs with Trey? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows, man? Because this kid... He looks like he's a fast learner. Who knows if he can just pick it up quickly and then we're off to the races. This could be potentially Colin Kaepernick's situation, right? There's where Colin Kaepernick came in. We went to not saying we're going to the Super Bowl, but you make the playoffs. Just the ability, the other, the explosive playability could be the difference between you winning a game and losing a game. And Trey was there fourth and 10 late in the game when they needed it. What do you do? He evaded three or four guys in the pocket and gets out for 11 yards. Like, these are the type of things that Jimmy Garoppolo can't give you those things. He just can't. 
So you play the kid with upside. Play the guy with upside. Honestly, I think you can make the playoffs with Trey Lance. And I say that because looking at this division, or or their non-division opponents, you have the Colts. It's won a bowl game now. Carson Wentz is, he's far gone from the Carson Wentz that was once an MVP candidate with the Eagles. The Bears, Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy, I don't care who's calling plays. That's a winnable game for the 49ers on Halloween. Jaguars, winnable game. Vikings, winnable game. Um, Bengals, winnable game. I don't trust what their record is on paper. We've seen it time and time again where teams get off to hot starts and then they cool down towards the end of the year. Falcons, winnable game. Titans, winnable game. Texans, winnable game. Literally every single non-division opponent, they're all winnable games. So you're telling me if they just win, win two out of the uh, remaining five in division, we're, we're talking about 10 and seven potentially here, or or maybe even 11 and six here um, for this team. And, and if the offense could get it going, I think that it spells into what the 49ers are trying to do. They were special in 2019 because they were able to put points on people and then let their pass rush do what they do, make other teams pass. And now you're you're basically falling into the Venus flytrap at that point. Um, but without putting pressure on teams offensively, making them pass the ball, getting them out of, you know, a balanced game script between a run and pass. Now you're not putting them in that Venus flytrap. Now they're not, you know, they're not dropping back for a Nick Bosa or a D Ford as often as you like. And you're able to do that if you're able to put up 14 points, 17 points, 21 points in the first half and, and make these teams come out in the second half and pass a lot more. Right now they're not doing that over these past three games and they're one and two in that span. So moving forward, yeah, you can make a playoff a playoff run with, with the Trey Lance. The quarterback situation is going to play out however it's going to play out. Kyle does not give two craps what you or I think about the quarterback position. But in our opinions, you got to stick with the kid that you invested all the draft capital in. Um, let's get to some more upbeat stuff, though. Debo Samuel. Let me list the ways that he is dominating right now in the league. Debo Samuel leads the league in total yards, yards per reception, yards after catch, yards per route run, missed tackles forced, and in my personal opinion, the MVP of this offense or the team in general. Debo has 270 yards of yak and 490 total yards receiving. Leads the league. We're week four. He's, he's, he's about to crack 500 yards receiving. In five weeks, because he, he, you, you mean you tell me he can't get ten yards next week against Arizona? Oh, he was going to come out next week at five fifty, five sixty, maybe another hundred yard game. Is Debo Samuel the best offensive player on this team right now? Absolutely. I think I maybe have disrespected Debo Samuel a bit this offseason when I when I was saying Brandon Ayuk is going to be the wide receiver of this future of this team, and Debo's probably just going to be up to his rookie contract at this point. I don't know. Debo's looking like the guy you extend. Uh, and I think a lot of that contributes to his downfield targets. Like these past few years, we're just like, oh, you know, Debo's number one in Yak, Debo's number one in Yak. Like, that's great and stuff. But he was never at the top of the list in terms of receiving yards. 
Now he is, and I say his downfield targets is on routes that he was targeted 10 yards down the field or more. 2019, or excuse me, 2020, he had eight targets in seven games on routes 10 yards or more down the field. This season, in four games, so significantly less games, almost half of the mark, he has 10 more targets, putting him at 18 total targets down the field, 10 yards or more. Yeah. And that's why you're you're letting him use that yak ability down the field. That's opening up these chunk plays rather than getting an end around on a, on on a on a pitch pass basically and letting that go for 12 yards. Now you're throwing to him at 12 yards already and letting him eat in the second, third level of the defense and those plays that were 12 yards, now they're turning into 30, 20 yards. Um so or 76, I, I just you know, <laughs> or 76, you know, yeah, what, two times, two times in four weeks, like no it big deal. Over 70. Good, good work, Debo. Um, this is what you hoped Ayuk would be. This is what you hoped Debo would be too. So all we need now is Ayuk to get involved in this passing game. Hopefully that changes under Trey Lance to distribute the ball a little more. We get a little bit more going offensively. Fortnite's offense is just so stagnant. It's it's very frustrating to watch. Um, year five, and I think that's I think that's what's causing a lot of the frustration with the fan base. It's year five. This offense looks undisciplined. Outside of Debo, it just it doesn't it's not, it's not clicking right. Um, someone else who deserves a lot of praise on Sunday, Trent, Trey Sermon, nineteen for eighty nine yards, right? And Kyle got creative with some of these run designs using use check in motion. And literally snapping the ball while Yuschek is running, gaining momentum, being able to cut block some folks—not cut block, but being able to block guys on the move who are stationary, and allowing a lot of lanes for Sermon to get in, to get in and and get five, six, seven, eight yards. I think the longest run was fifteen, um, but there was one late in the game, a little bit of an outside zone type of read there. Yuschek cuts across the field. Kittle follows it after the snap, and then you have this humongous lane for Trey Sermon to hit. If Mostert plays and runs that, I think Mostert houses that one, but not everyone has Raheem Mostert speed, which is also missed currently on this team. But Trey Sermon had himself a really good day. Um, I'm glad he's bounced back since week one. What about the corners as well? Um, You know, every time we kind of mention, oh, what did you guys do at the corner position? Now you're going against DK and and Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson behind quarterback. And these these cornerbacks, they, they played well, and it's both of them essentially had no offseason, had no training camp. When I went to the joint practices, neither of one of them participated in Costa Mesa. Drake Kirkpatrick and Emmanuel Mosley combined coverage stats on Sunday. 13 targets, quite a bit. Seven receptions, so that's barely over 50%. One pass breakup, 77 yards, zero touchdowns, 71.63 pass rating against. And that's Russell Wilson at quarterback, 71.63 pass rating against. That's significantly lower than what is normal to Russell Wilson. And while I did mention one PBU, Trey Kirkpatrick did get physical as well and get a tackle for loss on Tyler Lockett uh, early in that game and that kind of helped set the momentum of this defense when they got those 
five three and outs to start the game and they played well like when i was saying earlier as well like dante johnson yeah he he should get some flowers too even though he gave up two receptions on on two targets but it was minimal yards it wasn't anything that hurt the hurt the defense essentially um but it was just more so of the development of diamador lenore and less about the play of dante johnson the secondary played well it's uh you know it, it was just it's just more so they they got the linebackers got beat uh aziz al shair on on a couple of touchdowns so um the secondary in in hole they play fantastic considering the matchup yeah the secondary did the thing outside of the defensive pass interference i thought they did well that kirkpatrick pass interference was kind of annoying yeah whether they have kirkpatrick josh norman or even richard sherman if we want to throw it back uh, that that defensive passer interference is you know coming back to bite them. It always does. Now, something that was has been brought up a lot last I don't know in the last twenty four hours is the Niners' lack of turnovers or turning over the ball. So Josh Dubow had a really interesting stat: most turnovers in the NFL since Kyle Shanahan took over Forty Niners in twenty seven took over the Forty Niners in twenty seventeen. The Bucks at one twenty five, thanks to Jameis. The Niners are second at 115, and the Browns are at 113 since 2017. What's so frustrating about this is we don't even throw the ball downfield to have this many turnovers and fumbles and just stupid boneheaded mistakes. And we're not even on the plus side of it. We're on the negative side of it. So we don't, get, we don't generate enough turnovers, and we give the ball away too damn much. Do we connect any of this to the quarterback play? Because Mullins was a turnover machine. Jimmy is known to throw the throw the ball to the other team. Jimmy had a lot of fumbles in 2019, and then our most had fumble. Pro- like, what is the issue here? Is this a coaching issue, a player issue, and then on defense, why can't we get a why can't we get an interception? Like seriously, why does the interception have to come from linebackers all the time? I think highly of these safeties in Jimmy Ward and, and Kwaski Tart. And I think that's kind of a stigma that they get between each other is not creating interceptions, not creating turnovers. Like there's times we've seen it literally bounce off their hands. And, and unfortunately there's no log for, for dropped interceptions. Uh, you know, yeah, you consider pass breakups, but there's a difference between just slapping the ball away or, you know, hand fighting for a PBU and a literally dropped interception so maybe they should add drops for dbs as well so that we get some type of estimate on the the interceptions they would have had throughout the season without going back and re-watching every play and having to physically log it um but but yes absolutely you should create more turnovers within the secondary and i think a way that can be contributed not to go back to the lack of the offense but if the offense could get up on teams early, put a threat on them to pass the ball, you do that, this power of a defensive line is going to come rushing the quarterback, and that's where things get in trouble, and that's where you could take advantages of quarterbacks trying to press things more and playing a little bit out of a game script, and that's where I think you could see this 49ers team just really go hunting for interceptions at that point. And, and I think we saw some of that in 2019, and I really don't mean to go back to 2019, but, you know, that that's the last reference we have 
of this style working because it didn't it didn't really work as far as last year because the pass rush wasn't there last year even though that the DBs were um it's just that I I really need <laughs> some type of turnovers for this offense that may be struggling if Jimmy Garoppolo does somehow start and I don't think he does but for a rookie quarterback, that's the best way you can get a rookie going, get his confidence going, is the more reps you get him. And honestly, not having a Jason Brett out there, you'd, you'd figure that's probably going to be a minus two of uh, interceptions because that guy in zone coverage just had instincts like no other. Uh, Jamar Taylor, even himself, had a two-interception game against the New England Patriots. Um, so they did get the hands on the ball last year. This year, not so much. And Hopefully that can change here relatively soon. The 49ers need to play complimentary football going forward, offense and defense, and then a special teams. Uh, Cannon was a big part of why the 49ers lost. You mentioned that earlier. You know, rec- recovering the punt, the way he recovered it as a touchback, that was annoying. And then fumbling the kickoff return. I really thought he was going to get cut today, but obviously they are going to bring in competition for a uh, kick returner, whoever that may be. For some reason, Debo was back there kick, retur- kick returning kicks, and it looked normal. Maybe just use your best players in this situation from now on, Kyle. Uh, make the adjustment. Um, 49ers do go to Arizona where they are very familiar because they were kicked out of Santa Clara last year. They will be playing the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Niners are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think they pull this game out. I think Lance has a a solid game. I think the run game gets going, and the Niners never look back at going back to the, going back to 10. Um, this is it. You have to stick with it. Once you go to Lance, you cannot go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, just to end it before we get out of here, this is something that bugged me throughout the process of all this. You, you, you took the risk of keeping Jimmy, right? And the risk was either he plays poorly or he gets injured. And now we're at the point he gets injured and you, you've tanked all possible trade value that you could have had going into into the 2021 season. They could have moved him in the offseason and avoided a lot of this stuff. So it's just another misstep by the 49ers front office. Hopefully, hopefully going forward, these things don't continue to happen and Lance continues to be, continues to develop and grow. And this is the right decision going forward by getting this kid a lot of more playing time. But I really think the Niners pull this game out against Arizona. I don't, I still don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I don't care. I don't believe in guys who wear capris. I can't. <laughs> Jeez. Now I'm going to um, uh, get some capris and then chip it over to you. Um, but, yeah, I just I just see this, like, this Cardinals team is riding on a high 37 points against the Rams and, and basically dominated them. Uh, the final score doesn't do the justice for that game. And what happens when teams are feeling themselves a little too much is they can get caught slipping. They're on the road, traveling to Santa Clara. I think this is a game for the 49ers to get back and and get Trey Lance going. Like I said, great game script this time. I'm, based on what the corners have done this season, they haven't been too bad out, outside of when Dante Johnson has been outside corner or or Ambry Thomas has been the outside corner. Hopefully that doesn't happen this go around and the secondary should be fine. And if the 
And if the offense could get on the Cardinals early, I do like their chances in this game. Whether they win it or not, it's a different story. Regardless, I do think that they're absolutely going to cover the five and a half spread. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think there's a chance that they don't cover that spread. Well, let's hope we're right because I, I don't think I, I don't think I can deal with another social media of the 49ers losing three straight. That would be a disaster. Hopefully the Rams handle business against the Seahawks. Niners can move into third place and we're still in, on pace because going to the bye week, you got the Colts. Um, and then you go into Chicago, two games that are very, very winnable for you. Get yourself back on track, remain above 500, potentially be five and two in that situation. That is kind of where you want to be at nearly the midway point or actually the midway point of the season. You are well on pace to at least get 10 wins. Like at the very least, Kyle, you have to have 10 wins. You are 31 and 37. Get above 500 this year, please, for the love of God. But that'll do it. This is the podcast. And uh, make sure you check out everything at NinersNation.com. Follow everything at at NinersNation on Twitter or any other social media platforms. Instagram, I think they have an Instagram page now, too. So that's a plus. Yep. Um, Yep. And then Instagram's not down anymore. So yeah, it's working, right? Um, Then as always, follow us on Twitter. I'm Javier. That is Leo. Follow me at JavierVake underscore. Follow my guy, Leo, at... Leo Luna 93. And uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the Niners pull this game out against Arizona. Everyone stay safe. Enjoy the week. Peace.